Welcome back to Real Talk Torah, courtesy of the database with Rabbi Yeshua Eisenberg, where for today's issue and shear, we're going to be talking about a very cryptic and loaded statement of Chazal, and a very strange statement at that, and that is based on this week's Parsha, or seemingly in contrast almost to this week's Parsha, and that is the statement of Yaakov Avinu Lomes, The Yaakov Avinu did not die. And the question is, what exactly does that mean? Is it true? Could it be true? Based on what you look at when you read the narrative of the Chumash, and this is in fact the counter question to the statement of Chazal that Yaakov Avinu Lo Meis, and the question is, what exactly does that even mean? So we'll discuss it. We'll discuss the original source of this statement. We'll discuss how it makes our partial look a little bit complicated, and we'll talk about a little bit of the hashkaf of what we're supposed to do with this statement. I think there are perhaps wrong ways to go about it and um, ways that are not helpful to our, um, I guess we'll say, our relationship to the Mesorah and the words of the Chachamim. And there are ways to read it that can be very helpful and very calming, but I think there's something to be said about the plain statement that Chazal make once again, and that is that Yaakov Avinu did not die. And the question is, well, then where is he? What is he doing now? Like, is, is he alive? Is he like Eliyahu Hanavi? So we have to try to understand the, um, the Medrash of Chazal, as the, which is the source of this statement, um, and the Gemara that discusses it, and try to, you know, to get something out of it. Right, because um, you, you, again, you could read the narrative and you can just be like, well, no, of course he died. Or you can just close your eyes to the narrative and say, oh, well, this is what Chazal said. Chazal said he's not dead. Okay, it must be he's still alive somewhere. So we, we should, uh, you know, look out for Yaakov Avinu. So again, to, to give respect both to um, the statement of Chazal, but of course, um, and I'm not going to say uh, give respect to our understanding of logic and and. You know, things like that, you know, like I, I, can, I can, we can, we can take ourselves out of the picture and try to say, well, let's look at the Chumash narrative, respect the Chumash narrative and its Pashib Shah, and then also respect the statement of Chazal, something that we sometimes have to work to balance, but that, that, that's our task to, to respectfully understand on, in the best way possible that we can um, what the Torah of our Chachamim is, and of course the Torah Sashem, and realize that. There is no contradiction between the two. They are to be understood like we do in Parsha Pardes. So we do we understand it as a prism. And with that said, let's let's take a look at what Chazal say. So it comes up from a Gemara in Tainus, which we um, in the Dafyomi cycle we just finished Tainus. Um, so now we're looking back at the beginning of Tainus on Hayamid Beis, and I'm bringing you um, some Mari Makomos from. My Rebbe, once again, Rav Yonas and Sachs, and his encyclopedic work, Yamim Mikadem, and it's encyclopedic in the sense that there are many versions, not, not many versions, but I should say many editions of, of Yamim Mikadem on the Parshios. Um, and in his issue on Vayechi, one of his topics is Yaakov Avinu Lomes. Quoting the Pasuk um, of, of Parshas Vayechi, Mem Tes Lamed Gimel, 49.33, where the Pasuk says, that he expired and was gathered into his people, which is, however you want to look at it, it is an expression, seemingly, of someone dying. The verb for dying is not used in this Pasuk. It says the verb for expiration, 
Um, and then Vayesef Alamav, which is being gathered into his people, that's another metaphor for dying, once again. So even if you don't see the verb of Vayamas, this should still be somewhat suspicious, you know, of that. Of the, you know, it sounds like he's dying. Anyway, the Gemara in starts off as follows. With Rav Nachman and Rabbi Yitzchak, they were sitting at a meal. And just to skip a little bit, Rabbi Yochanan said the following. Yaakov Avinu Lomes. Yaakov Avinu didn't die. Amarle, so then he responds, one second. They, they, they had a hesped for him. And they, they even embalmed him. And they literally buried him. You're going to tell me they buried him alive? Amarle, but he responds, no, but one second. Mikra ani darish. No, no, no. Get it, get it right. I'm darshaning a pasuk. You might tell me that you read some pasukim that say that he was um, that he was um, eulogized, that he was embalmed and even buried. But look, there's a pasuk here in Navi Shnemar Vyata al Tira Avdi Yaakov Neum Hashem, and and you do not fear my servant Yaakov. You, my servant Yaakov, should not fear Neum Hashem. Says Hashem Vyatechas, and also don't worry, Israel Kihinri Moshiach, because I'm going to. Well, I'm, be your, I'm going to be your savior. I'm going to save you. Merachok from afar, ve'ezarcha me'aretz shavim, and I'm going to say, and your and your seed, your your offspring from the land of the captives. So says Rabbi Yochanan, or at least b'shem um, Rabbi Yochanan. It's being said, Makish hulazaro. Yaakov is compared to his children, Mazaro b'chayim, just like his children are alive. Therefore, afhu b'chayim. Therefore, he in fact is alive. So that is the basic statement of Chazal that Yaakov is still alive. Now you might say, and it's interesting, they don't quote Sukkim to demonstrate um, the fact that he died, um, that at least the Chumash describes. Again, once again, it doesn't, doesn't say outright that he died. It says that he expired and was gathered into his people. And again, which sounds like it means death, but again, the Chumash won't use the word Vayamas, that he died. But the, but the this Maimur Chazal does not quote the fact. It just quotes it as a narrative, but it doesn't say... Um, the exact words from the Pesukim that say that he was embalmed, for example, and he was mourned, and he was buried, but that those those words, in fact, do make it to the Chumash. And yet the counter-argument is, no, but I have another Pesuk, a Pesuk from Navi. Right? Um, so the question is, all right, well, what are we supposed to do with that? Um, I, I once heard someone trying to make a statement to the effect of, Listen, you know, just because you see something with your eyes, just because you see something in life, you have an observation, and um, and logic tells you something. Logic might tell you that Yaakov is dead, based on you know, based on historical um, evidence, based on whatever you might say. But guess what? If we're dar- if we're darshaning a pasuk, then that and if that's how Chazal are getting their answer, they say we're darshaning a pasuk. Then that overrides your logic. That over that overrides um, everything else. And whatever else, it's not true. And the only thing that can be true and, and, and have any accuracy is what Chazal say. Now, I, I don't think that's doing justice to the, what the statement of Chazal was saying. And I, I don't think that... And I, I would still say, yes, um, that it may be correct that your idea of logic and morals and what you think to be true and based on your preconceived notions is not necessarily true and that um, there, there's a certain... Um, um, you know the, 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 that it's 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 true that we have to have a munas chachamim, but we also have to know what the chachamim are saying. And um, if, if there's, there's a reason why they're saying what they are saying, that Yaakov Avinu Lomes, and I, I don't think it's necessarily helpful to say, oh, you think this, 
you know, because you think Yaakov is dead because it makes sense to you that Yaakov is dead. But Chazal say he's not dead, so therefore he's not dead. Like, and, and then is the takeaway that Yaakov is still physically alive somewhere? So you, that, that's the question that we have to, that you would then naturally have to ask. And I don't think that it's necessarily um, the right attitude in this context, we'll say. To just say that, oh, you know, listen, Chazal says, so it must be true, and therefore, and again, whatever Chazal says is true, but the question is, what are they saying, right? And I think that that's the differentiation I'm trying to make. Yes, whatever Chazal says is true, and, and then there's MS to it, and just the question is, in terms of our hashkafa, even while we're holding that, the question is, what did Chazal actually mean? Were they, and you can't, and you, so you can say very easily that Chazal were talking in allegory, they were talking in metaphors, um, but, of course, you can't just say that whenever you want to. The question is, what did they mean when they said Yaakov in Lomes? And if there's a respectable answer, you'll find it in the Mepharshim. That, that, that if you think that there's a workable answer, a logical answer. So, logical just doesn't mean that you think it's logical, and therefore this must be what Chazal meant. But we're going to actually look in the Mepharshim and see what they say about this line. But I don't think the takeaway from this is, oh, you think it's logical that Yaakov is dead, because I'll say he's not, so it must be that that's, what, that, that's the truth, and, and you're completely wrong, and you know, just sacrifice to the words of the Chachamim. I think that hashkafa is true. I don't think I would apply that here. I think the hashkafa is true, that yes, we have to sacrifice our own preconceived notions for... What, what, what our postgim and what our chachamim tell us, and we have to be prepared to be wrong about things. I think that is true. But I, again, I don't think the takeaway here is that, oh, you think it's, it makes more sense that Yaakov is dead and therefore he's not. I, I, think it's, I, think it's, it's more, I think it's more intellectually honest to step away from that and to just try to understand what Chazal meant. Yes, the narrative would make much more sense if Yaakov was dead. We have another, and in fact, the, the, the psukim, it's not, it's not just logic that's saying that Yaakov is probably dead. The Pashib Shat seems to be that Yaakov is dead. And yet we're darshaning a Pasuk to say something else, that apparently Yaakov is not as dead as we think he is. Let's put it that way. Not as dead as we think he is. And there's reason for us to express that Yaakov is alive. So how are we to understand that? So let's take a look at the Ramban. Uh, my rabbi gives us the Ramban, Vayigva, Vayasef, Umisalo, Ne'emrabo. So the Ramban points out that it says Vayigva and Vayasef, but it does not say Misa. So I'm rabbi saying, Yaakov, Inalomes, and that's why Chazal said Yaakov didn't die. Lashon Rashi is quoting Rashi. Ladas Rabbi Seinu, Hari Yaakov, Hiskir Misa, Ba'atzmo. But one second, um, isn't it true that Yaakov himself mentions that he's dying? Hinea Nochimes. Yaakov says this himself. So maybe he didn't know. Maybe he didn't want to give honor to himself, says the Ramban. It says that the brothers saw that Yaakov died. So you might say that, yeah, to them, right, and this is other, the, the Ramban is just quoting the rest, uh, you know, for, further versions of the, of the same idea from the Gemara. The brothers saw that he was dead, but he wasn't actually dead. The Indian Medrash says in, but it says anyway, the Ramban, the, the, the matter of the Medrash is to be understood like this. Kinefashas had tzaddikim tzororos b'tzorah something that we say a lot 
um, when it comes to someone who is deceased, hoping that they're a tzaddik, we say that they're that that their nefesh is 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 bound in the bonds of of, of eternal life. That said, you can live forever, even when it seems that they're dead. This is true all the time. Um, and, and then he quotes some Gemaras in uh, Shabbos, Kofanim Beis, Amid Beis, and, and in Ksubis, Kofagim Amid Av. What's the point? The Ramban is saying what seems to be a broader rule, a broader rule that Sadiqim live forever. Now, one second, we know that Sadiqim die. So the answer is, well, no, this is the classic metaphor that we say for all, for all dead righteous people, and that we want them to have eternal life, and that they do have eternal life. It's not just a hope, it's a statement that their lives actually continue on. They don't just rot in the ground, you know, like, like Roshayim, and they don't just, you know, they, they don't suffer, but they are in the bonds of eternal life. In this case, the, the statement of Yaakov Lomes seems to be understood in, I don't know if I would call it necessarily a metaphoric way, even though I used the word metaphor before, but the way I would explain it right now is that it's a different realm. Right? The idea that we believe in an afterlife and a handsome afterlife for the righteous, that's what we're saying, Yaakov Vinu Lomes. Yaakov Vinu didn't die. He is destined, or at least at that point he was destined, and now he's experiencing um, a good eternal life, a life of which... He's not actually dead, even though maybe in our world, um, Yaakov's body is buried somewhere, um, and his his body might not be alive, it seems, but Yaakov is, again, bound in the bonds of eternal life. Now we get to the Marshav. So this is a good question, right? If you go with this Ramban, that, oh, this is the same thing that we say about all tzaddikin. Okay, so why just by Yaakov are we saying that he didn't die? We don't have a statement in Chazal that Avraham Lomes. We don't have a statement, a statement in Chazal that Yitzchak Lomes. We only say it by Yaakov. Right, but isn't it true that the, the nefashas of Kol HaTzadikim Tzros B'Tzorachayim, aren't they all bound in the bonds of life? Don't we put this on all the tombstones? On all the Matsevos? So says the Marsha. So I'm just going to skip a little bit. He just He's just repeating the Gemara. And I'm skipping a lot and going to where the Marsha says, Umishani, the Gemara answers, Umishani delomes. And he's explaining with the Gemara's answer that it means that in his, his nefesh didn't die. Not that his body didn't die. And similar to the Ramban, that Yaakov's nefesh didn't die. And you might think, why should it be Yaakov specifically that didn't die when this is a statement that should be appropriate for all tzaddikim? So he answers based on the, the, the pasuk that they darshan in the Gemara. I'm darshaning a pasuk, you see. The answer to why we specify Yaakov is because Yaakov was compared to a Zera. Because of that particular pasuk. Now, one second, you might say, is it just that there was a Pasuk in application to Yaakov? It's more than that. Only when it came to Yaakov was there actually a basis for comparison to his Zera, to his offspring. Why so? Masha'ain came, which is not true, but Avram v'Yitzchak, why not? Mishum Zaro Yishmael v'Esav. Right? Avraham's Zera. Um, you know, his offspring included a Yitzchak and a Yishmael. And Yitzchak's offspring included a Yaakov 
and an Esav. So since they had Zerah, of which we would not want to compare them to, right? we would not want to compare Avraham to Yishmael, we would not want to compare Yitzchak to Esav, but when it comes to Yaakov, he has Kulo Zaro, Kasher. All of his Zerah, all of his offspring is kosher, and therefore Yaakov is compared to them. That's why the statement is made by Yaakov. But is it true by all tzaddikim? In Achinami it is. But this is, a, again, a general statement about the nefesh of all tzaddikim. It doesn't necessarily mean that, that Yaakov's body is alive somewhere, and even though we buried it, and that he was buried alive, but it sounds like from the Ramban, from the Maharsha, that... Um, again, I'm going to use this in quotes. There's more of a metaphorical understanding, or at least an eternal life kind of understanding of it, um, that is applicable not just to Yaakov Avinu. So there isn't, you know, like a phantom Yaakov Avinu or a zombie Yaakov Avinu, um, you know, walking the earth. Um, but that, that's how they would seem to understand it. Similarly, my Rebbe brings the, the Ramami Pano, who, who, who cites the Anaf Yosef in his parish uh, to the Ein Yaakov. So he says, Now which Rabbi Yitzchak says that Yaakov didn't die. In Kavanos Alagov, it's not talking about his body. And if I, if I could insert these words, don't be silly. Meaning the way Rav Nachman received that information, and this is actually an important read, to the Gemara. Rav Nachman counters, uh, don't you see how the Chumash describes, or he hasn't even used the Lashon of the Chumash, but he says, don't you see, from the narrative, he his body was kind of put to rest in the way that um, dead bodies get put to rest? And the answer is, no, um, you're, you're understanding it incorrectly. It's not what I meant when I said Yaakov Avinu doesn't die. I, you know, I meant it that it was the neshama, right? In kavanos alaguf, aval amar kain al neshama shal Yaakov. It's talking about the neshama of Yaakov. Shalok kavalos shum toar misam yizarukulam. That there's no description. There's no that you can't describe his neshama as being dead in any which way, considering that his zera um consider um continues to exist. Shukulam berachah Hashem. They're all blessed by Hashem, and ein behem ikeshiv saltol v'zehuma zara b'chayim. And so and he continues. In that vein. And my Rebbe, in, the, in his piece, he goes on to continue talking about an important differentiation that you find in Chazal, the Gemara, and Yavamas, and Chav Bezim and Bezim. There's a Tosvos there that really true Zera only refers to Zera Kasher, meaning Yishmael and, and Esav are really not the technical, like they, they might be a biological Zera of Avraham and Yitzchak. But um, really, um, they can only be defined as being a ben. They are a son. So Yishmael is a son of Avram, but he's not the Zerah. And Esav is a son of Yitzchak, but he's not the Zerah. The true Zerah of Avraham is Yitzchak. The true Zerah of Yitzchak is Yaakov. Um, and this is because, says Tosos, Stam Zerah Kasher. Whenever we, whenever we refer to Zerah in the most um, basic way, um, it's a reference to the kind of zera that represents the continuity of something that is kosher, but that's 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 the derech that my that my rabbi continues on. But I want to take a step back and readdress that question of how we're supposed to relate to this. And the give and take in the Gemara is kind of funny, all right. And you might have the hashkafa once again of uh, of you know without looking at the mafarshim on the Gemara and on the med, on the med, on the midrashim, you'll say, oh, okay. So again, there's a, there's a, there's a, a, a Yaakov Avinu's living body somewhere, even though it's it's tower understanding that he lived to the age 147, um, which would seem to mean that his life is is over, 
that, that he has somehow died. And we see some of Farshan that are telling us, no, it's talking about not his body, but his neshama. And I guess the question is, do you have to be the Marsha, the Ramban, and the Ramami Pano to come up with such, such a conclusion? Maybe if they didn't say it, maybe we wouldn't, I don't know, are, are we allowed to say something like that, if, if it makes sense to us? So in general, you know, we try to fall back on the Mepharshim and not, say, and not go off on a limb and say things on our own. But um, all, of the, all of that said, even though they are saying something that, that, that seems logical to us, I think it's important that we have that humility to consult the Mepharshim and find someone like the Ramban, the Maharsha, and the Ramami Pano that say these things. That, yeah, it's, it's, it's not, it shouldn't be understood literally that his body is still alive. And again, it, this, this, it, it resonates. And if it resonates, that's great. Um, but having the Mepharshim to back it up. But another point that I want to focus on, um, besides for giving proper respect and trying to give justice to the words of the Chachamim, to give them the respect to try to understand what they mean in a way that, you know, to, to give it a chance to resonate um, and, uh, without either rejecting it or just accepting it blindly in a way that, in, in a way that doesn't resonate at all. In a way that you have to kind of like again, we um, we don't try to sacrifice logic when we don't have to. You're you're allowed to finish off a toast and say I don't understand this, um, but um, but but again, we um, you know we, we like I, I the way I would put it is you if you want to take that Maimar Chazal and take it with a grain of salt, not to say that it's not true, but take it in a way that it must mean something else because I can't understand it. That's fine. As long as you take it and not and not reject it, so that, that that's that that's how I would describe our role towards the Maimer Chazal. But just continuing on the give and take between um, Rabbi Yitzchak and Rabbi, and Rav Nachman discussing this Maimer from Rabbi Yochanan. So they're sitting at this meal. Rabbi Yitzchak tells Rav Nachman, "Oh, you know the Yaakov Vina didn't die. This is what I heard." And Rav Nachman says, "What are you talking about?" Like. Yeah, yeah, he kind of did. And then um, Rabbi Yisrael comes back and says, no, 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 you don't, you don't understand. There's a Pasuk that basically implies that he's still alive. So is he, is he, is he trying to counter what Rav Nachman said? So the Mepharshim are saying, no, he's not trying to counter. He's just saying his nefesh is alive and his gufis is just not alive. So question, why didn't Rabbi Yitzchak just say that? Why does he say, oh, look, I, I, I'll bring you a Pasuk. I'll prove to you from a Pasuk that Yaakov is still alive. And it's not even just a Pasuk. It's a, you know, it's a, it seems like a stretch. It's a Pasuk that has a Hekish, right? a comparison between Yaakov and his, and his Zerah. It's like, it seems like it's really far-fetched. And yet, this is, this is the proof. This is the tell-all proof. This is the evidence um, that Yaakov is still alive. So again, it's, 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 it sounds kind of funny. You know what Rabbi Yisrael could have just said? He could have said, no, Rav Nachman, you think I'm talking about his body, I'm talking about his neshama, I'm talking about his nefesh. And Rav Nachman would have said, oh, okay, that makes sense. Right? If, if, if all that's true, why do we go through these gymnastics of going through a pasuk and a hekesh? What, what are we supposed to, like, like what, why? And you know, let's just cut to the logical answer. And it could be, the, the, um, the, the, there are a couple of ways to understand this. And one might be, that in Hachinami, we could have gone through the logical route. We could have used the Svara to demonstrate that Yaakov's nefesh and the Shema is still alive, and that's really what we meant, and it's metaphoric. But 
there's something to be said about the legitimacy of a pasuk when a pasuk, in, 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 you know, from Navi says something, and we can make that implication by darshaning the the um, the you know passages from scripture. That's what Hashem put us here to do in terms of learning His Torah. The question is, what does that pasuk in Navi mean? What does it mean? What are we supposed to take from that? And that speaks even louder than our own logic. And that can be, and that could be, that could be true. And then we'll have to explain that pasuk. And the way we're choosing to explain that pasuk based on these mafarshim is that Yaakov, in some sense, is still alive. And if he is, how can we explain that in light of what we know from Parshas Vayechi that he seems to get buried um, and. And, and all the other processions that take place when someone dies seems to apply to Yaakov. How can we understand this Pasuk um, that seems to imply that he's somehow still alive? And then we get to the Mepharshim. Oh, it must mean his, his nefesh is neshama. But the point is, the starting point is trying to understand the Pesukim and not just rejecting Pesukim because we don't like what they mean or because they seem to contradict our original understanding. We darshan the Pesukim and this is what we understand. And that, that might be one takeaway. But another takeaway, I think, which is very important, is what, in fact, is our impression of life and death? Because right? we, I'll call it a, a bias that we have. We have a bias. Our biases are based on our human intellect. It's based on our human limitations and our conceptions of this world. And we think of death as a person who, you know, his, his physical body stops working and he gets buried underground on the floor. And then we sit shiva for him um, and then so on and so forth. And then we mourn for that person. Um, but, you know, that, 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 that's how we understand it. And that person is dead. Everyone else is still walking. The earth is alive. That's our most basic understanding of death in this world. And that seems to be death the way it's applied to Yaakov, you know, in Parshas Vayechi. And when Rav Nachman hears something to the contrary, it's like very strange. It's like, yeah, what are you talking about? I, I, I read the Pesukim in Vayechi. I know it didn't say the word Vayamas, but come on. He got embalmed, he got eulogized, he was mourned, and he was buried. So what else do you need? He, you know, so, and the, the answer is, I have a Pasuk which is telling us a different hashkafa, a Pasuk that's telling us how we ought to be relating to life and death in this world versus in the next world, and which one is the Iker and which one is the Tafa, which one is the main thing and which one is secondary. Because what apparently this Pasuk is telling us is not just a nice metaphor that we say about all the deceased, hopefully righteous people, that we want them to be bound, or that they are bound in the bonds of eternal life, but they in fact are alive, and in fact are alive, we can say, in a more literal sense than we are. Because really we are the walking dead in this world. Because real life, real life, real being alive is being connected to that eternal life where you are constantly gaining schar from your righteous children in this world who are constantly doing mitzvahs and you are on cloud nine in Gan Eden in, in the Olam Ha'emes, that's real living. That's not a metaphor that they're, that they're bound in the bonds of eternal life. They are bound in the bonds of eternal life because that's, that's literally it. All the rest of us, we are in a world where we suffer, where we go through physical pain, where we are limited, where we have to work, where... Life can hardly be called life unless you're connected to where you're learning Torah and you have a semblance, you have a Shabbos, you have a Me'en Olam Haba. There, we are living the metaphor of life in this world. And we're living the metaphor of death in this world too. 
where real life and real death cannot be evaluated and estimated and understood based on life as we experience it and death as we experience it in this world. Because this world we know is a mirage. We know that this world is transient. We know that this is not the real thing. And if this is not the real thing, then what is the real thing? The real thing is in the next world, where Yaakov Lomis, Yaakov is still alive, his nefesh and his neshama, the only part of our bodies that truly matters, that, that part is still alive. And yeah, his physical body is, is, is not alive, but what can be more alive than having the nefesh and the neshama that's completely not limited by the body? Ha- having a nefesh and a neshama that's free from the body. That's the most kind of alive that you can be, more than any other kind. And I think that's the hashkaf that we have to take away from this. Yaakov Lomes means that, yeah, Yaakov Lomes, and in, in this world, yeah, like, you know, we, 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 we are all, in a certain sense, dead and only living the mirage of being alive. But real life and real death is how you evaluate a nefesh and a neshama that has gone back to the Olam MS, And we look at that nefesh and neshama in, in real time, in real life, in the real world, not the not Olam HaZeh. When I say real time, I mean like the, 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 the Olam HaMS. And that, that's how we have to look at things. We have to look at the world from the outset, from, from the perspective and the mindset of Yaakov Avinu Lomes. What is true life and what is true death? And if, if we have that kind of outlook, we can aspire to live a life similar to that of Yaakov Avinu, where it'll be a life where hopefully at the end of it, um, it, we can, it could be said about us that we did not die, but we are in fact bound in the bonds of eternal life, not just by way of metaphor, but by way of reality. And we can stop living the metaphor that we live in this world. So to live life with the lenses of the Olam HaMS, living life with the lenses of not just Chazal, but the, the, the essence, the truth that Chazal are communicating to us. Rav Nachman says, doesn't look like Yaakov's alive. And Rabbi Yitzchak says, Look at the Pasuk and I'll show you how we should look at life. And I think that is the, the lesson for us in Yaakov Avinu Lomis. Anyway, that's all the time we have left for this Real Talk Torah. In the meantime, keep it real, keep talking, and most importantly, keep the Torah. Thank you for joining us here at The Database.